Aloha, everyone. Ronnie Landis here, and welcome to another edition of the Ronnie Landis Podcast Show. And I am also the founder of the Holistic Health Mastery Program, which is a fully comprehensive, integrative, and intuitively guided or designed educational platform for the most advanced information and education on all areas of natural nutrition and so many different nooks and crannies of that conversation. So you can find more information on that at holistichealthmastery.com. So today's interview was taking a different direction than we have in some of our other interviews, really going into the discussion about how our physical patterns, our physical mannerisms, our physical movement patterns are communication uh, channels for what's going on within our inner world. As the saying goes, your outer world is a reflection of your inner world and our, our physical body, the way that our physical body is expressing itself is deeply tied to our inner domain, to our thought process, to our, our um, if you will, our emotional temperance or our emotional state. And even going further than just that common idea of, uh, you know, of, holistic alignment, but also talking about how sometimes our physical expression is not lined up with our mental, uh, if you will, you know, I'm being very, I'm very selective with the words I'm using because that was a big part of this conversation was intentionality towards the actual words we use. And I'm finding myself kind of like, um, observing myself a little bit more, but the basic idea uh, is that we go really into what our guest calls sacred body language in bringing more of a, a harmony, bringing more alignment of our, our all our, our language centers that we, we, you know, get dialogue from, if you will. It's a little... Uh, it's a little hard to encapsulate fully, and I don't even really see the point in even trying because it would be so much easier just to allow you to go right in to the conversation. And what an amazing conversation it was. The guest, Robert Tennyson Stevens, is just a wealth of insight into body language and from a different perspective than just oh, you know, you, what your body is saying something about what's going on inside of you, that kind of thing. It goes to much more depth and much more uh, explanation how that it really affects our, our ability to manifest the things we really want in our life, how to make better choices that are congruent with what we actually want, making choices from our heart instead of just from our mind. Really fantastic conversation, and I know that this is going to bestow upon you jewels of wisdom. It's going to help you become more enthusiastic and live at a higher resonant frequency to that of what you really, really want to create in the world from your heart. So without further ado, I want to welcome on our guest, Robert Tennyson Stevens. Enjoy.
Robert Tennyson Stevens, developer and CEO of Mastery Systems Corporation, is a pioneer in the influence of language, imagination, facilitation, and body language on activating and enjoying our dreams now. In providing personal, team, and corporate facilitation and coaching for more than 30 years, Robert has developed systems for attaining heartfelt outcomes quickly. He is a masterful facilitator of individuals and organizations that choose to transform their lives into healthy, creative, loving, and fulfilling experiences. Having demonstrated the influence of thought, word, and feeling on manifestation with thousands of people, Robert created a unique curriculum of personal and professional empowerment technologies called Mastery Systems. Welcome to the show, Robert. Thank you. It's great to be with you. I, um, I've been waiting for this for a few days now, so it's awesome. Uh, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, um, our, mutual, our mutual friend and ally, uh, Carly Cruz, is definitely, she, she was really enthusiastic about your work and brought it to me, um, you know, a little while back, not too, not too far ago, but um, just really was adamant that at some point we connected and... Here we are. Awesome. I look forward to it. Yeah. So, you know, let's dive Hold on, in. I'm adjusting something. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing that I want to dive into with you, uh, jumping off the bat, and I'm sure everyone listening, is what exactly is sacred body language? I understand it on a... On a um, Almost, I want to say, like a superficial level, but I want to understand from your perspective, from your teachings, what that is, and even like, how did you get involved in this in the first place? <laughs> well, uh, it's a huge aspect of what I use on a daily basis, just for my in my own life. Like, where is my hand, and what am I really saying? So, um, I started all this some forty some years ago, and then while I was teaching a class, I <clears throat> I happened to. I see. I was working with a woman. She was like six rows back on the right-hand side, in the toward the back of the class, and she was. I was doing some type of facilitation with her, and what she brought up was about the way her mom saw her was something less than you know. She didn't like it or something, but it, the minute she said the way my mom saw me, and then she touches her left um, cheek, about half the room, sixty percent of the room, touched their left cheek at the same time. And I went, what was that? So I didn't say anything to anybody, but I realized that not, most of those people couldn't even see her. And I realized something's going on, something amazing is going on that I'm going to learn. So every class I gave, which is literally thousands of classes over 46 years, I, I would just sit there and watch the movement of people's body cooperatively and individually until I realized that there's a second conversation going on. So I would you know, begin like the left cheek ends up being how we're seen by the feminine side of life, about what we feel, that's left cheek. Right cheek is, would be the masculine side. So in a, and, you know, there's all kinds of body language, and I love it all. I really do, whether it's you know, Misho Kushi's work or um, any, any, I love it all. I just believe there's truth in everything. I, I love all the meridians. What I found is it's actually a conversation from one subconscious to another subconscious. Like if you and I were sitting in the room within about five minutes, you would know everything there is to know about me, Ronnie. And I would, on some level, 
know everything there is to know about you other than consciously. In other words, the conscious mind isn't obviously what needs to be communicated because we're all talking that out now. So the feeling world, including symptoms and life situations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all of that is literally a, it's a sacred conversation. It just, it's amazing to me. So what I started doing is mapping out the body, watching what these things were, and I had this thing called bio-optic holography, this eye chart, iridological eye chart, mine's a little different, uh, just additional add additions to it. And so with that map and with my sharing on languaging and communication and upgrades and taking people back through memories and restoring strength and having their eyes change, I, I brought it all together with language and imagination and outcome facilitation and then just body language, it confirms what the person is feeling, and the minute they get an outcome, there's a shift that the person will confirm it with body language. So it's, a, it's not just, oh, your left shoulder, you know, whatever. It's actually a communication. It's not just a single movement or signal from the body. It's actually literally a moving conversation. And as the person begins to move upscale, even if they have a locked, let's say, body signal or symptom, and if I ask the right question and I get it and it's a feeling and it's a trap memory and they begin to move it, the body will begin to maybe ahead of time or in conjunction with that person's consciousness begin to signal, clear, connect, whatever it is, depending on the movement, that person's restored, upgraded consciousness, health, relationships, whatever it is. Very interesting. So essentially the communication network of the body or the way that our our uh, physical mannerisms are actually there from your perspective they are communicating much deeper like personality traits um, possibly traumas things that have happened to us that we kind of store in our neuromuscular system these things are being communicated by the way that we express ourselves physically Well, yes, and the movements. Mm -hmm. And I would say it this way, that it's the other-than-conscious neural network, mm -hmm. the, the one that we're yet to be aware of. So somebody can be saying one thing, and their body can be saying, no, 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 on the other, mm. the, you know, the real communication. So being aligned, is that's what success is all about. That's fascinating. So it's kind of like the idea of a cognitive dissonance, except it's like a holistic dissonance. Well, I hear your words. I'm going to say it differently. Okay. It, I, yes, I agree with you, but see, I see everything in the... Uh, I appreciate where you come from. I'll just reframe it my way. Mm -hmm. If I see it as a dissonance, I'm going to be voting it's uh, a limitation. So I, I actually don't even see it that way anymore. I mean, not like I try to see it differently. It's just the movement of the body is actually it's sacred body language. The body is attempting to reboot perfection. And if the conscious mind can wake up to where spirit in that person already is and agree, like accept in consciousness. That, I'll give you an example of this. <clears throat> I'm usually up on stage demonstrating this. Somebody will be saying something like, you know, they, they're afraid they can't have X, Y, and Z. And while their words are coming out, I'm afraid I can't have, their body will be leaning forward almost to the point, literally almost to the point of falling over on the front row. I mean, the people in the front row sometimes start putting their hands up. That's how far forward that person is leaning, which means there's a confirmation of positive, I can do it, while their uh, thought form 
or memory or belief system is holding back. So that's what, you know, in essence, you know, the scriptural statement, not religion, it says, before you have asked, I have answered. It also says, our greatest weakness should be our greatest strength. So the truth is, if we explore our perceived weaknesses truly as a folded in reactive or whatever strength waiting to happen, then it's much easier to be with ourselves and each other about, oh, you have, instead of fear, you have courage returning. Wow. Or somebody has a massive amount of lack. Oh, you have massive abundance. You're just picking a goal too small for your great self or something like that. So once somebody sees this and has confirmation in body language over and over and over again, most everyone I work with, I mean, maybe everyone, if they really get it, realize they are already what they desire to be. Got it. Very, I like that. And the term reframing is one I use... uh quite often and that's very that's a fascinating thing to me because oftentimes we will psychologically or mentally we will limit ourselves but what you're saying is that the actual physical expression is saying that you, in some cases in that example that you you made that actually you are worthy or you can do this when the mind is is reinforcing that idea of I can't for whatever reason. So it's just, it's not in complete harmony is what you're saying. Again, I'm going to share it. Um, the illusion has of its own power nothing. Mm-hmm. The, anything lack, limitation, struggle, anything less than I am that I am. So the illusion must get us to feed it, to believe in it, to dialogue, to hate it, whatever it is, mm-hmm. for the illusion lack, limitation, or separation to stay alive. So I I hear what you're saying, and I could say yes, but we'd miss one of the big pieces of this thing, Mm -hmm. that every single one of us is a great, glorious being of light, whatever name we give that thing. And we, in my view, this is my particular, like, focus or way I say it to myself and others, is that we came here in this hollow deck of consciousness to master the illusion that we've incarnated into or embodied into. So uh, I read a book many, many years ago. It was about the wealthy people of the world. And every one of those individuals who created this massive wealth, every single one were born into abject poverty. Mm. So I, I was phobic to speak in public. As, a, as you know, a kid, I was terrified to speak in public. And, of course, that's what I teach people to do is how to speak from their heart. I was attempting to give a speech from my head mm-hmm. For others, and my body wouldn't let me do it. My tongue glued to the top of my mouth, and I basically, people were passing out in the class. It was like, man, this is not going to work. And if somebody would have said, wow, you're actually here to speak, you know, in a whole new way, I would have probably hit them, but it would have been true. That that makes a lot of sense, um, and that provides a lot more depth. Um, and I, I really appreciate that. So, you know, again, what I what I get, and this is, of course, my own interpretation, is that... Um, and I guess this could be, um, interpreted as, you know, using the word dissonance or the word imperfection. That's not really my intention. Um, but words can be so, you know, fickle, so kind of, so hard to, um, clearly communicate Mm -hmm. the, the depth of it. But again, what I'm getting from this is that it's about alignment, right? Yep. Yes, sir. Exactly. Or it could say instead of dissonance, it's, it's what, Sacred body, what our body language does, my words are sacred body language translation, mm-hmm. is our body is constantly, every, through every signal or symptom, attempting to restore 
or harmonize. Got it. And it, once we read this, oh my gosh, it's, you know, our great, well, life itself, it, it, like a cold is saving our life, like a flu is saving our life, like cancer in my system. Mm-hmm. I discovered after working with a couple thousand people, cancer is I've got to and I can't coming together. Runaway tissue growth. So the person has a, a strong, oh, I've got to do that. And they didn't maybe know, but their feeling world is going, but I can't, but I can't. And so what a quick reversal, say, I can and I am. I can and I am, or God in, whatever fits for their belief. God in me can and God in me am. I mean, I am. So immediately people get, ah, relaxation, no matter what the modality. I I really like this. This lines up a lot with my uh, my own observations and philosophy as a nutrition and health specialist. I look at something like cancer and I don't I don't immediately jump on the bandwagon of like the kind of the allopathic model which is kill 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 there's a problem we got to fix the problem we got to yeah. cut this thing out whatever my thing is that well actually cancer is your guru it's your teacher you've created uh, an inner environment that is not exactly supportive for oxygen respiring cells and it's created that um in balance and now we just need to reverse engineer that and bring it back into homeostasis so i, th- I think that's very fascinating to kind beautiful. of to beautiful bring. yeah because it's i find in even in english language it's a very you know i'll make this quick example and move on i live in Kauai now hawaii and i've been immersed in the hawaiian culture and one of the very interesting things i talked to with one of the the um the Kumus here, spiritual teacher, she was explaining to me that the, the original Hawaiian language, the oral language, was c- created with no negative connotation built within it. There was no conflict. There was no, it's not, it's, and essentially it's not as linear or bipartisan, if you will, as the English language, where in, where in English language there can be this conflict because there's this, this uh, perceivable positive negative conflict sometimes and that's why i find even trying to use words to to encapsulate the depth of what you're sharing it runs up against a little bit of a rub because the english language sometimes is a very combative or conflicting uh way of expressing something i well ronnie what happened for me is in 1968 that my whole thing started when i studied the hopi language okay you know, in the Hopi language, I, my view is in the Hopi language or in physics, all stress is based on space and time, which is an illusion. And in the Hopi language, they don't even have a word for now because they can't get out of now to have to use the word now to get back to now. And at 18 years old, I'm going, what are you talking about? Mm. And so, you know, for me, it's I, I, what I love about this is the English language. You know, I heard what you said and and. Much of me agrees, but I have an an upgrade potential, potential upgrade. The language of our heart is already operating on pure speech. And uh, our tongue, actually, right after our heart is a developing fetus, our tongue develops right out of our heart muscle. So if the fall, so to speak, the illusion happened by, quote-unquote, the the metaphor of eating from the fruit of the tree – of the knowledge that we, which means thinking of good and evil, and therefore falling from union or grace, and becoming embarrassed, and having to fig your figly figure out what to do to not be embarrassed. Wow, 
And love is the only thing that restores us back to union and oneness. Just mm-hmm. like I'm, I, I think often, often I reflect on studying the Hopi language back then. I know that was divine providence that had me study a language structure that didn't have, a, they didn't have, uh, they don't have actually. Like the rock is not over there. They don't have a relationship or way in their construct that they are separate from the rock or that there's any relationship to past, present, or future, or enduring, or lasting. And so for me, you know, I, again, 18 years young at that point going, what? But it, it began to shift everything. It's not, my work isn't based on hope because it's like their words are, hello, big. And for me, it was like, how can I do this in English? And I believe now, I realize I don't have to do anything. If I speak from my heart, what is, my heart is already connected with all life, you know, the current of life. And if I if I think about the way to do it in order that, then I might say it right so that I don't say it wrong, so that you don't think that I'm that way. So that, 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 that is the struggle. That's where dis-ease is. Not disease, dis-ease. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you talked about the allopathic, you know, thing of even herbally, you know, me too, I've been an herbalist and, and even, well, I, I went on tour in 2008 when I got my new camera and I went with a lot of raw food communities and Almost everyone that I took these eye photos of to do this thing called biooptichography, almost everyone in their fiber structure, this is their this is the their brain tissue showing up in their eye, had these white fibers going from their assimilation ring, not stopping at their autonomic nerve wreath, which is the way mm-hmm. the body works, and firing right through the body. And in other words, what people were doing back then, many, 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 without knowing it, where they were making food their God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, they were making the cooked food wrong yes. and whatever they were doing that, they, you know, right. And so what I, uh, my, where I am now with this, and this is, I believe why, uh, you know, we're, we're have a whole new approach. The whole idea is to transcend right and wrong. The only thing that can do that is love. Mm-hmm. Mm. There's so, there's so much great stuff in that, that statement. I, it reminds me of, uh, Dr. Gabriel Cousins, he, he likes to say oftentimes is that you can't eat your way to God. Uh, and and that <laughs> is such a funny thing because I have seen that and I've been part of that. I've been influenced by that that identity of being a raw foodist or being a one time being a vegan or being a vegetarian or, or whatever. And I, I never found... Uh, the the conflict resolution until I dissolved my identity um, about whatever that was and why I should do that and actually got to the truth of myself, experimented with different things and allowed my heart to guide me towards better eating habits. And then I found that, hey, you know what, actually high raw food and predominantly a vegetarian approach works for me not just because my body agrees with it um, it's actually because it's aligned with my heart and I'm not carrying a judgment about it it's actually from a very very um, integrated perspective and just you know that like you said like letting your heart guide you I found the actual truth for me but I had to drop the ism you know about it I had to drop my identity about the whole thing Well, you know, I, of course, share this thing called conscious language, and so many people, I mean, the, the folks that were successful in the beginning with conscious language, they just went, oh, choose? Okay, I choose. They didn't make, like, <laughs> as an example, they didn't make the word I want in mm-hmm. feeling wrong. 
They just went, oh, I choose this, and boom, and they were off and running and had success and shared conscious language with thousands of people. And other people would have, you know, that, well, I choose to make this easier. I choose to find my partner. And that didn't happen <laughs> until they finally surrendered not having their partner or whatever. Mm. And finally, when love came in, then it happened. They said, it took so long. Well, it didn't take long at all. It took, mm. you have to do it with love. Mm. Not, you know, you know, like if you hate being alone, you're going to be alone for a long time. That, uh, I just gotta, I gotta just add something to that. I just, I just remembered Anthony Robbins said something so much on the same lines. It just hit me. Um, this idea that, oh, it took me so long to get to this place. And he said, no, it didn't. You just made the decision. It took you making the decision or the choice in this, in this, uh, in this manner. It, it, it caused you just to make the choice and then it happened. But you took all this time of deliberating and going back and forth and, and possibly telling yourself why you can't have something. And once you dropped all that, then the thing came to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you became magnetic. I, well, I call it become magnetic. Yeah. Yeah. It's I remember magnetism. the same thing. I remember it, it when, when I was doing this thing called body electronics. And I, anyway, a, a person broke their leg, showed up to the BE body electronics thing. It's an amazing system. I still do it. And uh, it, with the, let's say that the, his cast fell off. That's all I'm going to say. And we did acupressure furthest from the head where the break was, where there's pain. And he relived the memory. And he was stepping off a curb in the memory of, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. I just don't understand. We haven't repeated over and over why my wife is leaving me. And he steps off the curb and he breaks his left leg. Wow. And at that point, I woke up. I woke up that I don't understand. I don't stand under. He gave enough. Uh, specificity and re repetition and feeling, and he broke his left leg. And I woke up, and I realized, oh my gosh, the subconscious is 100% literal. Like, by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. Or a man, woman, who offendeth not in word, the same as a perfect person, and able to bridle the whole body. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, in the beginning. Anyway, so what I got was, oh my gosh, the subconscious is 100%, 100%, Literal. And I was bummed because it took me 20,000 people to wake it up. And then I was like, well, forget that. It, I don't care. I woke up. I woke up after 20,000 people. You know, I mean, so anyway, it was a wild ride. I, I get it where in Tony, same thing. And I, I've had a, the chance and, and honor to work with Tony. We brought him to the Midwest for the first time. And anyway, the point is, is that our thoughts, our words and our feelings are senior to everything else. And of those three feelings are the ones that literally charge the pattern mm. so if we can get into what we feel and speak from our heart our heart begins to reshape everything and when we can touch something with love love is our, our source code and and literally has the power to reshape anything and everything into what we choose this is so fantastic it's it's for me, it's a weaving together of all the different, um, oftentimes compartmentalized ideas. You know, for example, the law of attraction teachings and as superficial or as in-depth as one wants to go with that. And all the different things pertaining to how to construct or how to navigate through our reality. What I'm hearing is very a very simplified but and yet a very sophisticated and to me now, listening to it, like very obvious, um, almost like formula. What what I'm hearing specifically, what I'm what I'm uh, wanting to wanting to address here is, 
the feeling. Now, you said that the feeling is the most important thing. Let me ask you this question, and I'm pretty sure I know the basic answer. Is feeling enough? Or is there, or is there a little bit more? You mentioned also like the, the language. Or let me, I'm sorry, let me, let me rephrase this and give a little more clarity. The feeling plus having the courage to speak from the feeling place or your heart opposed to just speaking from the mind and having the feeling. Does that make sense? It does. And, and what I will share with you is, first of all, that you, uh, thought, word, and feeling are different facets of the same energy package. Okay. And so, and with, with permission, Ronnie, I'll show you how this works. Just say the feeling. The feeling. Now say my feeling. My feeling. Say the money. <laughs> the money. My money. My money. You ought to hear me in a huge group of people when they go, you know, I go, the money, they go, the money. And now I say, say my money. And it's like they turn it up yeah. to level 10 yeah, 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 without yeah, yeah. <laughs> no coaching on my part. I don't even change my tone. It's like, wow, I almost get blown off the stage sometimes. So... What, you, what, I, what I'm going to say is there are certain words that bring embodiment and there are certain words that bring separation, okay. like it feels versus I feel. Yes. A partner, my partner. And so wow. much of what I do is I share with people what conscious language isn't. And then, I mean, I ask, how many of you ever, ever had a partner? You know, and they'd raise their hand. It wasn't yours. but And then, and then again, like, oh, if we can fix, adjust our language to have ownership, like instead of the planet, our planet. Yes. Wow. Our family. Mm. You know, our community. Uh, whatever. Um, that's where. And the sound that you're making, Ronnie, that you've done it a couple times already. Mm, that's our me self. Yes. That's our subconscious. That's you going. That's your me self going. Mm, I call it. Where's the beef? Or where's the cow? Yeah. Mm, I even have a little cow thing that I play in class. Because if I get it just right, literally in a large group, the you know what I can hear, the whole room will be going. I mean. In essence, the whole many people in the room will be going, mm, and that's their me self being listened to. You know, me, myself, and I. Me is our subconscious, my self conscious mind, I, the great I, un yet manifest. And when we can hook all three up in thought, word, and feeling, whoa, rock and roll. So powerful and so, so, yeah, just really good stuff. I, um, it's funny you, you say that you 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 had pinpointed that when I when I had that mm, that ah kind of aha moment. My study into human design was a big deal for me, and I'm I don't know if you've looked into human design um, mechanics and that kind some, of some. I've got some people that are all over it. Yeah, so many many of my friends are just all over it. It's a wild ride. It's cool stuff. Yeah, so in their teachings is basically that that noise is basically the your true self and a lot of times we act when we you know for example when we act out of frustration out of desperation essentially we're we're participating in what's called our not self activity which creates more of that that uh that conflict and so that that's just what came up for me when I, when you mentioned that it's it's like Allow me to use this word resonance. I really love that word so much. Uh, it resonates with me. It, 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 it activates something within me intrinsically that's like, oh, that sounds like truth to me. Yeah, I, I agree. And I mean, I love to, you know, in, that's why I love doing classes. Number one, I do them for me. 
and all upgrades are for me, even though I might be in the presence of other people. I admit it. And, you know, I mean, I, might as well, it's all true. There's only one of us here. And when someone can be, what I, I realize that, you know, the scriptural statement, again, not religion, it says, before you have asked, I have answered. That's quantum physics. Wow. That's the field of all possibilities. So if my, if what I desire is already reaching me, and, and I haven't let myself accept it, whatever it is, personally, then it will keep, it will create like a stress node of, oh, I need to do something in order to get that. No, you don't. That is who we are. So if I let the mm is really resonance, the vibration of our heart singing our true call into existence to coalesce into manifestation. <laughs> um, I feel like I, we could really just continue to push the button on this one, and I and I and maybe we'll bring it back. I have a few things that are pretty juicy to kind of explore, but I, I feel like uh, I want to go into this. can you hear me now yes can you hear me good good yeah it was i was like we were rocking and rolling all of a sudden you weren't there or i wasn't or whichever but you know we still have good signal here so oh, i'm right here with you okay great um so did you get that part no i didn't get any okay. i was talking and it went away so no worries <laughs> i can i can always edit this part so um what i what i asked was how does, when somebody has a, a, a trauma point or a pain in their body, how does that oftentimes translate into the deeper trigger for that pain? Not the, you know, not the whatever, I, I bumped my elbow or someone has psoriasis or whatever you want to think of, a cancer even. Um, what has been your experience um, for how that actually is able to reveal the deeper triggers? Well, I'm careful about the word deeper because all okay. triggers are deep. And so okay. let me put it this way. And this has been my story. This is way back, probably 38 years ago. This is when this started. You know, I was already a health coach, you know, reading eyes and, you know, doing raw food and live food and all the, you know, all those types of things. And I would get a phone call. This happened to me. I was in working with a client and I got a phone call from one of my, or I got tap, tap, tap on my door. Bob, Bob, emergency phone call. We, it was back in eight track days. So you get a sense of how long. No, no cell phones at that point. And with clay tablets is what I say. Anyway, um, the, I got on the phone. It was the wife of a couple that I work with, and they're on vacation. And she says that her husband is in the hospital, and they've given him 24 hours to live. And what do we do? Oh, well, she says, and what they say he has, it. don't tell me what he has. Don't tell me the name of anything. Just what, what's the signal? What's the symptom? What's going on with his body? And so she tells me, and I go, well, ask him this question. That's the whole, that's what my whole thing is based on, is asking a question that elicits a, an upgrade or transformation. So she, I can hear her on the phone speaking into the, you know, the, she's in the hospital ICU or whatever they called it back then. And she goes, honey, do you feel da da da? All of a sudden he's bawling. She goes, oh, I'll call you back, I'll call you back. So I, my day progresses about 
uh, 24 hours later, I get another phone call. Well, we're out of ICU, but we're in a specialized unit, and they say that he has. Don't tell me what he has. Don't tell me what he has. Just tell me the symptom. All right, ask him this question. Oh, I'll call you back. I'll call you back. And, you know, 48 hours later, I'm like wondering what's happening. I'd really like to know what's going on. And I finally get a phone call. Oh, we're back on vacation right now. Thank you very much. It all worked out. It was, you know, in other words, a symptom is not a cause. A symptom is a call for a change in something. If we treat, I have a whole thing called four forces of health that I work on this. If we treat the symptom, address the symptom only, no matter what the modality, where we can a lot of the time miss the, the causal or causation of the pattern. So as we think in our heart, so are we, so am we, then the, the seed pattern, and this is the depth part that you mentioned, you know, the, in other words, if I listen now, I don't have to go into anything really, really deep. If I'm already really deep in a, in a pattern, as somebody might say, in a really like life or death thing, a life and death thing is just as time to choose life. You know, and so for me, it's, I'm a little flippant on it, even though I've had to do this myself, big, 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 like uh, my wife did pass from black fungus, a fungal-based cancer. I was dying from the same black fungus. Kill the former owner of our home. Wow. What some, some somebody and so I'm I'm a heavy hitter on this thing. I mean I'm 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 a I'm a massive heavy heavy hitter on doubt. And anyway, somebody handed me a scriptural quote that said, um, and again I don't do the scriptural co- re- quotes relative to religion. I just it, it's a quantum physics book, and it says mildew is doubt. And I went that's exactly what's going on. So <laughs> seven and a half months of basically dying from black fungus. And I realized it was doubt. It was exactly what was up about, you know, we had built a conference center with friends of ours. And one day they just said, it's no longer yours. And that was my wife's Helena. That was her way to say, well, I'd rather go help in another way. And I was doing the same thing, basically. And all of a sudden I realized, no, that's that. I, I trust. I trust anyway. And I walked myself out. Seven days later, here I am. So, you know, for me, this is tangible, visceral, real, that a symptom as deep or real or loud or subtle as it may be, is not a cause. It has zero causation to it. And it's the way our subconscious or other than conscious is getting our attention. If it's about finances, that's the way it's getting our attention. If it's about codependent relationships or struggle, that's where it gets our attention. If it's about, you know, anything like that, it's getting our attention in a way that will shift our consciousness. So the symptom or signal is not a cause, and it's getting our attention. If we can track the cause down and adjust the cause, the symptom or signal no longer can exist. That's that's beautiful. I was just thinking of the way that I approach private clients and how it's how it's kind of it's just evolved over time, and why I'm having so much more success with people. Um, and why those people are actually transforming the radiance of their personality um, and not just the, the uh, whatever might be going on physically. I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, oftentimes people will come up and they will have, maybe they'll be convinced that they have a candida issue, they have a digestive dysbiosis, they have an infection, they have, uh, you know, whatever the long litany of list of, of <laughs> symptoms is, the, un, the, the menu board of the universe of <laughs> symptoms, whatever yeah. it is. And I, and I sit down and have, you know, these conversations. And the very first thing that I have to go to, depending on the, that person's temperament, 
is, you know, basic factors like what is your stress life? What is your relationships like? What are what are these areas of your life? Do you do what you actually love to do or do you feel like you're in conflict with your purpose or your passion? Um, you know, these questions, because I find that not because though I think that those are a replacement for maybe the golden seal or the echinacea or the reishi mushroom or the green juice. Um, it's more so because I know that it's going to work a whole lot better if they factor in the primary catalyst um, of stress than if they try to try to do all the health modalities, but they're still in conflict with themselves. Yep. Yep. What I'm going to, almost all of my herbalists that I, you know, studied with way back were from Utah. I'm getting a little back talk right now on the recording. Anyway, Dr. John Christopher, many, many would say that if a man is low in faith, feed him herbs. (laughs) <laughs> and I found that is to be absolutely the deal that herbs don't or nutrition doesn't heal. It restores frequency, vibration yes, and right. faith, walking mm-hmm. in faith, taking the action that they didn't take based on doubt. Walking in faith is what heals. It's the only thing that heals. That's amazing. That really sums up my feeling about it, too. Um you know, uh, let food by, be by bleh, let food be thy medicine and medicine be but thy food. But. That is not the cure-all in of itself. It's just like you said, perfect. It restores a state of frequency where you can actually, you know, you can walk again, essentially. In your life, you're, you're lightened up so you can actually have the energy, have the enthusiasm. And my feeling is that the healing force in the universe is, like you said, a frequency of love, of H-O-P-E, of F-A-I-T-H. And once that is part of the picture and people are able to really sink into that, I just continue to see miracles arise, um, you know, where their doctor or even naturopath, you know, uh, considered them a a lost cause. Yeah, yep, yep, I hear you. I mean, for me, just to subtly to say that the people that find a remedy get healed and then they're right back with another one, they got to go find it and then they get for me, it's like, well, if you get to the point of restoring life force oxygen, which is inspiration of my system, yes. now go do something in your inspired life. Change. <laughs> be made new. And if you don't, you're going to have to be back here again and again and again. Right. It's like, let let me cut out the tumor and then I'm all cured. But it's like, okay, but then you go back to the same thing that caused the problem and you just keep the cycle going. <laughs> that was fantastic. Um Okay, let me let me uh, dive into this just for more specifics from your perspective. It's touching on a similar angle, but maybe you have something to a little um, something even further to to say about this. Um, I'm curious. Can you touch on the psychosomatic effects of prolonged states of anxiety, stress, and fear specifically? As I take a long, deep breath as you said that. So first of all, I wouldn't use any of those words in my system. Because the minute I do, I'm practicing medicine without the license. So what I can say is if somebody's not in faith, they're going to be in the lack of faith. Mm. And so if I avoid what my heart tells me to do, I'm going to get kicked around. In whatever way, I'm going to get kicked around. But the very instant I will be obedient and take action to my heart, or anyone else does, 
and instantaneously there's a return of life force, light, oxygen, nerve supply, the the endocrine system begins to work again. Let's say calcium and magnesium go back into solution again. Uh, the enzymes in the body will begin to receive life because life is being acted upon and enjoyed and received. And so, again, you know, scripturally it says, let the weak man say, I'll never get strong. No, it, let the weak man say, I am strong. I believe that's the totality of the law on this topic. So if somebody has sugar imbalance, I enjoy the sweetness of life. So what I've done is find many, 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 let's say, prime the pump options for people to begin to, and, and if I get it just right, if even if I, let's say somebody's got some sugar imbalance in whatever way they do, hyper, hypo, whatever it is, and they just realize, yeah, man, I mean, oh, it wasn't okay to be happy in my family. It wasn't done. I was, so, well, now that you're out of that family and you're in your family, and this is your body, and they'll finally with lots of tears go, you know what? I get to forgive this, why, and this. And I choose, this is the beginning of manifestation, I choose to let myself, I choose to give myself permission to enjoy my family or my wife or my children or my health or my own genius or whatever it is. Boom. We have turned the table. Now, if they'll keep on trucking, which is what most of my systems are about, designing what our life is now that we are thriving in that new way. Mm, beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a common thing for us to compartmentalize or to, to segregate things. You know, you made a great example with the sugar, the sugar issue, uh, issue, quote unquote, um, <laughs> see it's kicking in right now um it's 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 interesting because we have a dietary agenda or a diet propaganda where we we say that you can't have this you are not allowed you really want it and you're craving for it and and instead of giving someone an upgraded solution like hey why don't you try a superfood smoothie why don't you try you know, a better form of sweetener, for example. Instead of that, it's like, no, you can't have this. You and you're bad if you yeah. if you do. You're a bad boy or a bad girl. And I, I see it all the time with people that they have this this like I can see it's like a twitch in their eye or something. So, so like even <laughs> even I pick up on it when I when I tell people, I'm like, no, it's actually okay. Like work with your habits. You you know, you can you, you're allowed to do anything you want, just so you know. Like, you're sovereign, you're liberated, I'm, you, you can do anything you want. These might be better options, but people kind of like, they, they, it's almost like people feel like they need permission to make a choice. Do you find that at all? Yeah, uh, though, uh, here's the, you're describing, I can hear myself going, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm, you're describing in my system the whole struggle with right and wrong. So yeah. for me, I say that if somebody's going to take something that they thought was cheating, I say, bless it and treat yourself. I mean, I remember uh, a young couple brought their grandfather in. He was 97 years old and he had like 20, 20 cigarettes a day, two pieces of pie and nine cups of coffee every day. That's all he ate. And they said, oh my gosh, he needs to see you and get on a good nutrition program. And I said, no, he doesn't. He's doing really well at 90-some years old. He has made that stuff right. I mean, obviously, it's feeding him. Don't Go take his class. Mm. Anyway, so it was pretty funny. So for me, what I realize is the more somebody can love where they are, I have this thing, this training called All For You, 
And the core of that is to, to transcend the right and wrong. So if I have fear, my basic tenet is, hey, fear, I love you just the way you are. It's okay. I love you. Go, come and sit at my table. I don't have to, like, believe in you, but I don't have to get rid of you. You're not bad. I don't have to, like, go shoot you. And then when, the, when my love touches fear, it will literally turn into faith. Or if I have shame, all right, shame, I love you. Come and sit at my table of life just the way you are. All of a sudden, shame will turn into pure, proud, or honored or respected, or cherished. Wow. So again, when somebody does this at three or four or five things that are coming up for transformation without making them wrong and trying to do it more right, miracles happen. Mm. I see. I, um, I was just thinking about this amazing book. My friend Steve Adler um, and David Wolf actually turned me on to this years ago. Glenda Green's book, Love With No End. Uh, and in that book, a very interesting phrase comes out of it, which is death is a clearinghouse for false identities. <laughs> and, you know, after consistent meditation on that idea, I find it fascinating. And I'm just I want to I'm just curious, you know, what your perspective is on the uh, you know, you probably see this in your your life and or in other people's lives, but I'm sure in your own experience of the difference when you're fully immersed in what you love and you feel truly aligned with who you are on the planet. Um, trying to find a word opposed to oppose. <laughs> mm. You know what I mean, though? Um, in contrast to not doing what you truly love to do, in this case, being a false identity. Well, there's only one piece, and that's obedience to our heart. Mm-hmm. That's only that's the only piece. So if somebody's not going to do what their heart's telling them, or I don't want to know, or it's too much, or I can't take it, we just don't do that in my family, or whatever the story is, the, what I say is, you know, we are not our bodies, we are not our stories, we are not our families. We came here to master these experiences as great, glorious beings of light. Period. So that's my particular approach. So if somebody again has a you know a life threatening situation where they also have a speeding up like if i can touch fear you know i love i love i touch a breathe this day i feel are the five aspects of re-embodiment that i use so if i can touch my fear my fear will speed me up to my courage and faith and mm. trust and security and confidence so fear is not bad and if i can touch it and stay and let it be okay it will speed me up so do you feel like um a lot of us simply are not willing to touch our fear that we're actually avoiding the issue? I would never answer that question because I would confirm it. Okay. Uh, here's what I, you know, having been at this for 40-some years, our world right now is ready for people like you and people like me who are ready to help people take authority and authorship and, and claim their sovereignty. Yes. There's no other way around it. So all of us coming together helping as many people as we can while we shine ourselves is what it's all about. So when, if you were to say, well, a lot of people, no. Everyone is in the metamorphosis. Where they are is not who they are. Yes. If, they're, if they're in fear, that doesn't, that's not who they are. Fear is actually being pushed to the surface by courage and faith. So as long as I can see it that way, I'm a great help to people. I tell people, if you're going to go to somebody, find out if they've, They've transcended or changed or, or been victorious in this situation. If not, go find somebody else or mm -hmm. just go to your own heart or something. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the, the, there's craziness in the world right now, but that's, it's so loud, this craziness, because it's over. And, and love, <laughs> love is coming on board strong. And I am that I am is coming on board strong. The illusion is just vibrating loud because it's, it's doing its death dance. Yeah, that's, that's, that's hilarious on so many levels for me. I, I often feel the calamity of the world, uh, quote unquote, if you take that perspective, I know you don't, but um, just the, what we see in the world when we get into that mode of like, oh, it's it, entropy, right? It's all breaking mm-hmm. down. It's going into chaos. Well, how is a new, ba- if it's all entropy, then how are new babies being born? How are trees levitationally growing? I mean, I, I'm right now in my view, what I'm looking at right now in my outside office patio is like color therapy. It's unbelievable, and it's just seeing that 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 cycle, that cyclical nature of 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 life. So, the the common viewpoint for a lot of people, and I, and I, me too, in this of course, um, and I've had to continually grow at, grow through this, um, is that things are breaking down. But if that were the only thing going on, then how is life flourishing at the same exact time? Well, and how's about instead of a lot of people or what, how about let's just call it like it is like right. life, you know, you know, from the, I love the word, the idea, you know, from the scene, everything that's manifest in the seen world is manifest from that, which is unseen. Everything that's manifest in the visible world is manifest from that, which is invisible, which means inner visible. So where we are right now, the purpose of having the internet and Facebook and all this stuff is so we can come together and we can, as a, as a global agreement with love, reshape our planet collectively into what feeds each one of us individually, which is our job, and harmoniously with each other. And we're at that point now. I believe that's why you have all the tools you have. I have all the tools I have. Our David Wolfs of the, of the planet, our Tony Robbins, all these glorious human beings have been building a structure so that as we come together and remember, instead of saying, a lot of people don't, or we can't, or therefore, no, it's like, what are we going to reshape this into? Yes. So, and heaven on earth is the only thing that's good enough for all of us. So what I hear you say is that it is, it's a unified reality. You know, I even caught my, well, I didn't reframe it, but I even felt inside myself when I said a lot of people, that's almost like a default statement um, in terms of like, oh, them, but not me. Like we're all unif- unified and collectively uh, together in everything, like we're one with the planet. So that's what I'm hearing you say and kind of yes. reframing for me. Well, scripture, and again, that religion, it says, if ye are not one, ye are not mine. Mm. And, you know, it's quantum physics. I mean, it's just well, so well described. So whatever, it also says, whatever you give unto the least of these, like in Huna, Kahuna, Max Freedom Long, Oponopono, Dr. Yulin, Whatever we give to our own feeling world, we give to all life everywhere. So whatever you've done unto the least of these, God says, you've done unto me. So by you, Ronnie, loving all of you, you're blessing the entire planet, including me. And same for me. Mm-hmm. I, uh, that reminds me of a Michael Beckwith quote. The last time I went to, Michael's a good friend and colleague, and I, um, I went to Agape uh, before leaving leaving LA for Kauai, there was something that he transmitted that just floored me. And I took it away with me to this conversation, it looks like. And it was, <laughs> it was basically, I'm going to try to get it verbatim. It was so good. He said, although we are 
critical of the country we live in, we are also in celebration of the privilege that we have to be in it. Mm. I was like, oh. Uh, yeah, Michael, boy, he can Ooh. really rock it. He's an Whoa. amazing human being. Yeah, so even though I am critical of certain things, I still have the perspective, I still have the awareness that I am so privileged. I'm so, we are all so privileged to be in the situation that we, that we are, even though certain things that we may not like are happening, we can take a higher perspective. And the reality is, I mean, this is the greatest time to ever be alive, ever. Yes. Mm. Yes. And I might offer... There, you know, an enzyme, you know all about enzymes. Enzymes are a unipole. They don't have a positive and negative. They just have life. Mm. And instead of being critical and appreciative, there's another way. You could simply be life okay. or transformation or a flame of transformation. Mm. And then, you know, that's what life is. That's why life goes on, is be a flame of transformation. Mm. I, I, I do this thing about, I call it Master of Commitment. And when I share with people about a commitment, the word commit doesn't mean like an outward action. It means to come it, to bring it. Mm. And the commitment of the sperm and the egg are still going on in every temple living on our planet today, the temple of the Most High Living God. So if we can just touch in our own being and love, we will connect with Spirit's commitment for our full glorious life lived all the way potentially onto the ascension if somebody has that in their consciousness mm -hmm. <laughs> so good so good uh i feel like i just got a little bit of a, a coaching session from you i i'm going to be definitely going back over this conversation many times and picking up the nuances and and seeing how it reframes my own sacred conscious language thank you so much for being on the show and if there's anything that you would like to relay to the audience, uh, what would that be? Love always wins. Mm. I can definitely get on board with that. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, where can people find out more about you and your work? Masterysystems.com. Masterysystems.com. Yes. Wonderful. Beautiful. Ronnie, thanks for having me. A great being with you, my friend. My pleasure. Really an honor. There you have it, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast. And with our incredible guest, check out his work. And if you made it this far, I'm assuming that that's exactly what you're doing right now. I am definitely going to be diving into that myself. Thank you guys for listening in, and we'll see you on the next episode. Aloha.